the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So just how faithful is God? You ever feel like there are moments in your life where it's the last straw? You've just broke the camel's back. God will never forgive you. Well, God never forsakes his people, as we'll see next. Probably one of the most comforting titles we've attached to a message here on Abounding Grace. Let me repeat it for you. God never forsakes his people. Now that has amazing comfort in it. Romans chapter 11 is where we're at, looking at verses 1 through 6. And that is where we catch up with our teacher and pastor, Gary Wagner, as we explore Romans together here on Abounding Grace. Here's Pastor Gary. Hath God cast away his people? The question here contains a very, very strong verb. It means to repel, to push away, to reject. To cast away by God, beloved, is hell. Cain felt this. Cain was no friend of God, and God cast him away. And Cain said, my punishment is more than I can bear. King Saul was cast away by the Lord, forsaken, repelled, and it drove him to increasing madness and evil until he finally ended his life by falling on his own sword. When the Lord Jesus told the Jews in Matthew 21, verse 43, that the kingdom is taken away from you and given to a nation bearing its fruit, they then crucified the Lord of glory. You can begin to understand then why Paul would ask this question. It certainly looks like the Lord has cast away his people. When Paul was in Corinth and the Jews were there agitating for persecution against him, Do you remember what he boldly said to the Jews in Corinth in their own synagogue? Your blood be upon your own head. Henceforth, I go to the Gentiles. Question, has God cast away his people? It is weighty. It is very significant. There is much tied up with this question and with the answer we give to it. How do we read the Old Testament and the promises that seem to be made very specifically to that Jewish nation? How do we deal with even the very issue, how can God cast away his people? And this is even compounded in its difficulty by the fact that Jesus said to the Samaritan woman in John 4 verses 21 and 22, Salvation is of the Jews. What should our expectation then be about the future of the Jewish people? 
What should our attitude be toward them since we see today, almost two millennia later, that the majority of those people remain completely hardened in unbelief? It's no surprise that the Holy Spirit dictated, directed his servant Paul to take up this question, not only to give some clarity, but also to warn us in the strongest possible language that God, chapter 10, verse 21, can stretch out his hands all day long to us in mercy. But if we reject his word, then there comes a point where he does push us away. Now, even as Paul poses this question, or immediately after he poses it, he draws back with abhorrence, and he uses a very strong negation. God forbid. May it never be. It is impossible to happen. It can't happen. Don't even think of it. The very thought is reprehensible. His people, he says, what a phrase, that conjures up glory and misery. From the first flush of love when God took his young vine out of Egypt, fed them and nurtured them in the wilderness to the days of woe. When he, through Hosea, went to woo his wayward harlot wife in the wilderness, his people. To that people, he had given the law, the sacrifices, prophets through the womb of the Jews, as has often been mentioned. The Lord incubated the promises of the Messiah, and then he sent the Savior of the world into the world through them. No wonder Jesus said, salvation is of the Jews. But has God rejected them? Has their wickedness finally exhausted God's mercy? Paul's answer is, God forbid. It is impossible. It is impossible for the faithful covenant-keeping God to drive away his people. And as a confirmation of this, in verse 1, he brings forth an example himself. He says, I'm a Jew. He says, my fathers are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. My daddy was a believer, my great-granddaddy was a believer, and so am I. So God has not cast away his people. Even if one Jew embraces the Messiah, God has been faithful. Verse 2, he adds to it, he again denies that God can, has, or will cast his people away. He does it this time with a very important modifying phrase, which he foreknew. Now, I do not believe, and most of the best commentators reject this view, that somehow Paul is speaking of a different group in verse 1 versus verse 2. Verse 1 refers to the Jewish nation as a whole, whereas verse 2 then limits it only to the elect within that nation. But if that were true, it would, if, we took, if we take that view, it will make this chapter totally inexplicable. He is talking about the same group. 
He is using the same phrase, whom he foreknew, in verse 2 to clarify what he means in verse 1. He says, in effect, the Lord has always known his true people. They were chosen by him in eternity, and they were preserved in history by his grace. Now, the nation of Israel as a whole was bound to God externally. But strictly speaking, his people must be limited to the the elect within that body. The prophets even recognize this. Isaiah, Jeremiah, if you have a Bible word search, just look up the word remnant. The prophets, even within the one body of Jewry, within the Jewish nation, recognized there is the nation, and then there is a true remnant, the daughter of Zion, within that nation. The bulk of the Jewish people were always hardened against God's word. Read Stephen's martyrdom speech in Acts 6. He looks at the leaders of the people. He rehearses their 2,000-year history, and he says... You, verse 55, have always resisted the word of God as your fathers did, so also do you. So if his people includes every single ethnic Jew, past, present, and future, then it is a very strange thing that God destroyed an entire generation of that people in the wilderness and eventually from the words of our Savior, took the kingdom away from them. Then it could be said that God has cast away his people, which Paul has just vehemently denied. Therefore, the only true Israel are those whom God foreknew as his own, and they should be identified only as his people. The Lord will never reject them. And he cannot and will not cast them away. Now observe carefully there when he mentions for new. How Paul does not seek to defend God's honor, his faithfulness, or to understand history and all the changes we see in men and nations by falling back on something like free will. Notice Paul doesn't say, well, you knew they were God's people. And they had a shot, but they chose otherwise. He doesn't make foreknowledge dependent upon bloodline or personal goodness or any of those other external considerations because immediately in verses 5 and 6 he says, they are God's remnant by grace. So foreknowledge here does not mean that God foresaw good in them. It does not mean that God would put goodness in them and then choose them on the basis of that goodness that he would put in them. No, God has not in his mercy cast away his people whom he foresaw in his mercy, chosen in Jesus and saved by his grace. And he is ever faithful to his people because he has bound himself to them by a fixed external And efficacious, powerful decree. If God foreknew you, you are saved. Now what about 
the mass. Well, we see an example of exactly what Paul is talking about in John 15, 1. What about the mass, the bulk of the Jewish people who did resist God's word and would not repent and did crucify the Lord of glory? Well, they are like the fruitless branches in John 15, 1 and 2. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he purges, that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse 6, if a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. You see, there are those who are externally Jews. And notice he even says here, For he who abides not in me, every branch in me that beareth not fruit. So there is an external connection to God. The covenant, baptism, even the Lord's Supper. But that does not mean that someone is truly a part of God's people. Just like there can be some of you here who are not believers, even though you take the Lord's Supper and you've been baptized. And in time, those dry, fruitless branches will be cut off. Why? Because they were his people. But then they stopped being his people? No. God cannot cast away his people. They were really, excuse me, not his people in the first place. And if you go back to Romans, this is simply another way of saying that he has already said twice in the letter, in Romans chapter 2, verse 28, and Romans chapter 9, verse 6. Romans 2, 28 says, For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. What I mean, you can tell by the beard, or can you tell by the way they dress? No. Speaking in Paul's day, he said, outwardness does not make someone a Jew. Chapter 9, verse 6, Not as though the word of God hath taken effect, for they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. Paul says himself a Jew, Not everyone who is in the ethnic group we identify as Israel is an Israelite. Not in the full biblical saving, redemptive covenant sense of the word. So Paul's answer to the question, can God cast away his people, is no. God never can. He never will. Those whom God foreknew, whom he chose to himself, He will be faithful to, and he will preserve them forever. Now to illustrate this, verses 2, 3, and 4. Paul turns to the days of Elijah. When a godly man was very rare. So rare that had Elijah in his day walked into an assembly, even this size, he would have been amazed Because Elijah thought himself to be totally on his own. Notice here in verse verse 2, he cried out to God against Israel. By the way, 
That is a very questionable thing for Elijah to have done if Jewish ethnicity is equivalent to God's people. For then Elijah would have been crying against the very ones God said he would never lose. No, who does he pray against? God's enemies. The bulk of the nation of Israel were his enemies. Remember, they were killing God's prophets. God's true people would never kill his prophets. Jesus says in chapter 10 of John, My sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me. So God's true people don't kill the prophets, but the Jews did. Paul says they were taking down God's altars. They were doing everything they could to stamp out the worship of God and seeing all of this and having to flee from Ahab at one level. It is totally understandable and is why Elijah could come to no other conclusion than I am condemned, a solitary man. And if Elijah had been correct, then God's people would have been truly down to one man. But Elijah was wrong in this. We see in verse 4, God answered him and said, I've got 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal, 7,000. Notice a few things from this. First, God, even in a time of horrible idolatry, did not forsake his true people or give them over to that idolatry. He preserved them from the apostasy of the majority. No matter how bleak the times were, God did not forsake his people. So the first point here is that this serves as a confirmation of the point of verse 1. Can God cast away his people? No, not even in the worst times, not even in the bleakest times when it looks like the church is so reduced and has shriveled to nothing that she can't possibly, it seems, survive. But even then, God is still working within them. 7,000 is not really a large number in comparison to the majority, but it was a significant number. It shows that God was still working in his people to preserve his own. Now, it's interesting that Elijah was unaware of their existence, apparently. Lord, he says, I am left alone. God said, Elijah, there are 7,000. You see, Elijah forgot something that we sometimes forget today. But we have less of an excuse than he did. God doesn't call all his people to be some big public proclaimer against the evils of their day. Everyone couldn't stand on that mountaintop with Elijah. That's not what God calls all or even most of his people to do. And sometimes the visible church seems almost invisible to us, hidden, very small, perhaps not even, perhaps even not existent. But even though the 7,000 may not have been comparably large or prophetically bold and waving the flag against the evils of their time, 
God still marks them out as being his own few that they were. Why? Because God says, I'm not bound to save with many. I can save with a donkey or even with a rock. Remember, David took that rock and he slung it at that giant. Would we have been more impressed if he had slung a blade of grass at him and killed the giant? You see, God just doesn't need anything except his own omnipotence to preserve his church and save his people. But notice here very carefully, because this is where this starts to push on us just a little bit. The Lord preserved them from idolatry, from participating in it. They did not survive by doing what the majority were doing. And then crossing their fingers and saying, but I didn't really mean it. I mean, I'm bowing on the outside, but I'm not bowing on the inside. Because of my heart of heart of heart of hearts, I really love the Lord. No. You know, when we live in evil times, do we survive by going along with even evil even a little bit? No, God preserves his remnant through the grace that empowers them to maintain the purity of worship and to separate themselves from evil. I'll apply this in just a minute, but one more little point first. Notice here also, learn clearly that the church survives by the power of God alone. Rejoice that you're not kept by your power in your personal battles, in your family battles, in your congregational battles, in the battles of the church as a whole throughout the West and in other parts of the world. We're not being preserved by our own power. The forces of atheism and globalism would have long ago swamped the weakness of men and women who professed the name of Christ if God did not uphold us by his power and reserve us for himself. If left to ourselves, we would surely fall in with the wickedness of our times or at least be so cowed down by the threats and the pressures to either renounce our faith or hold it very loosely as many in the church do today. But because God preserves for himself his people, Satan can howl, we can be weak, the wicked can do their worst, and yet they cannot resist The power of God. God has promised to build his church through his son. He said to Daniel that the mountain of the church of the kingdom of the Messiah is going to be a mountain that is going to grow and fill the entire earth. And if anyone questions you how, don't look to your own organizations your machinery, political or whatever, your zeal, your intelligence. God says, my zeal will do this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do it in such a way, 
so that as it is being done and when it is finally done, everyone who loves me will praise me and give all the glory to me and say, you did this, my God. We did not. It was your power, not ours. And that'll bring us to the end of our time today here on Abounding Grace with our teacher and pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Thank you for joining us today. It's our hope and prayer that we've been able to encourage you in Christ and stimulate your walk in him. To address questions, comments, prayer requests, or concerns, please call or write to us. We'd love to talk with you. 408-866-5607 is our phone number, 408 866-5607. You're also welcome to visit our website. Drop us an email when you do, reformedheritage.org. Real simple, reformedheritage.org. A lot of information there about who we are. We would invite you again to stop by, reformedheritage.org. Or if you're writing to us, the address is PMB, post mailbox, 402, and the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, 95032. That address can be found on our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, simply call 408-866-5607. Copies of today's program are just $5. Mention today's date, and we'll get a CD out to you. And please remember that we are listener-supported which means when you link arms with us financially, we're able to continue the ministry here on this station. It's a great way to study God's Word together, isn't it? And we'd love to continue to do so. Would you prayerfully consider how God might be leading you to partner with us? We'd love to hear from you. Again, won't you call 408-866-5607 or reformedheritage.org. Sunday services, by the way, if you'd like to join us, are 2 in the afternoon. We're located at Lone Hill Church, 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org. Again, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. Further information can be found again at reformedheritage.org or by calling 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, God bless. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.